In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You are advised that any view expressed by the host or their guest are not necessarily the views of the owners or management of Toginet Radio, Togi Entertainment, or the Owners Group, Inc. Girlfriend, here is your show. Girlfriended, your chance to connect with other women, especially the woman that is most overlooked, yourself. Girlfriended is all about helping you become self-aware, not self-involved. The aim is to provide information that relates to life, which leads to real connections and results in a desire to connect or care for those in need. The Girlfriended principle was born out of loss. Patty's mother was murdered, and Lisa lost her mother to cancer. This forged a bond between them that nothing could shake. And now the women want to help you in more ways than you can count every day. From the website, GirlfriendIt.com, and the movement, GirlfriendIt, here are Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan on Toginet.com. Hey, I'm going to throw out a few terms as we get started today, and don't get overwhelmed by them. But here's a term, entre-leadership, financial wellness, team building, financial peace university, women in leadership, Courageous budgeting, and I could go on, but I don't, don't get overwhelmed because we are going to so dive into some of these topics and hopefully you will walk away today from the show more empowered in your life financially, personally, and professionally. Okay, I know that, um, with, when I say all those terms and I say, hey, you're going to walk away from the show, I know you go, okay, you have high expectations because we only have an hour, but we are really going to move fast. So we need you to listen really fast and, and, and join us today. This is Lisa Jernigan, and I am going solo today because Patty Wyatt is hanging out on the beach uh, with a bunch of teenagers because she's doing the camping thing. So um, I'm wishing her well. She'll probably come back all golden and kind of rub it in. But um, today I'm excited to do the show because I'm excited about our guest today. And um, it is going to be a great show. And just hearing some great tips and some great stories um, of, just, of just life and how to live and lead your life just a greater impact. Well, it is no secret that we are living in some pretty rough financial times. And I know uh, living here in Arizona, um, it's, it's tough. It's tough economically in the housing market and the job market and everything, and there's no, nobody that's living around here that's not affected by, by these times. And so with tough times, so many times it requires some tough actions to really move forward, to be able to not only survive, but to thrive these times and come out okay on the end. And I always believe there's hope. Well, one of the solutions and one of the kind of ways that um, I have just seen hope kind of manifest itself is through uh, an, a program called Financial Peace University. Financial Peace University is offered through Dave Ramsey's organization. I'm sure you've heard uh, of Dave Ramsey. He's just like this financial guru that has his own radio show, and he's, you know, he's on the networks. He's everywhere. And recently our church uh, connected with them. And it was kind of a highlight. We actually got to have Dave come out and speak at our church, and he brought a couple of um, of his people uh, with him that we got to, to meet. And we just, as a church, and um, just personally, fell in love with them because they are the real deal. So many times you meet people and you meet organizations and that have a huge reputation and a huge name. And, and when you actually meet them personally, you can be a little disappointed in just them personally. And so sometimes I'm kind of hesitant when I meet these people, but when I met Dave and some of his people around him, I was, like, overly impressed because they are the real deal. 
They're authentic. They live what they say. They put it to action. And I just walked away going, okay, I want to get to know these people better. And it, that's hard to say sometimes about people because sometimes when you meet them, meet people, you, uh, you're like, okay, I'm done. <laughs> but not with these guys. And so I just want to introduce our first guest. And she is somebody that I just totally admire, I respect, and I actually love having girlfriend time with her. We, uh, we've sat in Starbucks and we've sat um, just in different rooms and had some conversations. And Debbie Lacurto, who's joining me today, is the Vice President of Financial Peace University with the Church Department. And as the Vice President of the Church Department of Financial Peace, Debbie oversees the company's highest grossing department. And she uh, oversees a team of 64 people, and she's been instrumental in bringing the message of financial peace to more than 1 million families since Dave hired her in February of 2000. And some of Debbie's credentials, some of the things that she is just passionate about and some of her strengths include vision casting and inspiration, team building, recognition and compensation structure, building organization, unity, and loyalty. Debbie, I'm going to quit talking because I just want to welcome you to our show today and tell you how excited I am because your schedule is like cram-packed and I am just honored that you uh, just found some time to squeeze us in today. So welcome to Girlfriend It. Thanks, Lisa, so much. I'm glad to be with you and thanks for all the great compliments you just gave me. That's awesome. Well, you know, I could say so much more because you, you really are the real deal and from the instant that we met, it was like an instant connection. It was just really easy to talk to and... Um, I just love your story. I love your heart. I love your passion. I love what you're doing on so many different levels. So just to get started, I want people to get to know you, so I'm going to quit talking because um, I can keep rambling here. Um, and I'm, your, I'm a cheerleader for you, and, and, you know, I would head your fan club if, I, if, if you, you know, had one. I don't know if you do. But uh, anyway, I want you to just kind of share with us your personal story and your background that kind of led you into working with Dave Ramsey and how you kind of got tangled up with him in a good way. Sure. Well, back in 2000, I had left my job and wasn't exactly sure what I was going to do. Felt a little wounded, actually, just a little down and depressed as you're uh, leaving and looking for a new job. And a friend of mine, Dave Ramsey, called me up and he said, well, what are you going to do? And I said, I don't know. I'm probably going to get a headhunter out there and, and go back. I'd been in the dental field before and thought, you know, I'll go back into that field. And he said, why don't you come and work for me and I'll pay you a little and that way you'll keep your household income going, uh, because if you know Dave Ramsey, he told me, he said, you're probably not living on a budget. And I said, no, I've never done a budget. And so he challenged me to come in and work for him, and I did that. I worked for him, and he did exactly what he said he would do. He paid me a little. Uh, actually, after a couple of days of, of being on the job, a couple of weeks, uh, he did come to me and say, why don't, why don't you stay and be a part of this crusade and a part of this ministry? And I had to confess to him you know, Dave, I can't afford to work here because I was making more in secular America. And he really looked at me and my husband, Chris, and said, I want to challenge you. Mm. He said, since you've never had a budget, I want you to sit down and do a budget. Go through my Financial Peace University class, go to my live event, and see what you can do because I really think God has called you to this place. And Chris and I did just that. We stayed on at the company, but we got involved in Financial Peace University. And uh, Dave was offering me at that point $20,000 less a year than what I was accustomed to making. Oh. And we were living paycheck to paycheck. 
You know, Dave wow. says that 70% of America is living to paycheck to paycheck, which doesn't mean broke. simply means you're making great money, but you're spending all of it. It belongs yes. to someone else, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, we sat down and began to live out biblical principles uh, with our money. Even though I'd grown up in church, I guess I'd heard these scriptures, but never applied them to my life like the borrower is slave to the lender. Uh, that a good man has choice food and oil, which means you've got some stuff. I didn't have mm. any savings. And I can tell you, uh, being here the first year at Dave Ramsey's office, making less money, my husband and I paid off $23,000 worth of personal debt. Okay, that is amazing, because I think there's such this mentality that to really get out of debt, I need to make more money, and so what you're saying is it's not about making more money. It is about stewarding and budgeting what you already have better. Right. It's about giving every dollar a name before the month begins. You know, instead of wondering where your money went, you tell it where to go. So it's truly being proactive and looking at this at the beginning instead of being reactive to needs and to just spending. Exactly. And as we began to do that, uh, of course, we cut back on our lifestyle. We were going out to eat, you know, three and four times a week. And then on the weekends, we we could drop $100 just on Sunday eating Mm -hmm. out. And so we began to really look at our lifestyle and cut it back for a short period of time. Uh, to get out of consumer debt, we had car notes and we had cre- I was credit card queen. We we laugh. I had eleven and my husband had one. Wow! <laughs> and uh, I looked like You're really into plastic, hand. weren't you? <laughs> I was into plastic, I, I, but I needed a plastectomy, <laughs> which means you cut up the plastic. And so uh, we went on a quest to do that and really apply God's word to our life in a radical way. There's over 800 scriptures in the Bible about money. And we began to do that, and his word is true, and we were able to change our financial life. And four and a half years later, we paid off our house. Okay. Now, now I got more profitable at Dave's, but we paid off our house. That is that is wild because, you know, when you're saying four years earlier we're living paycheck to paycheck and then in, a, in four years, which is not a long time, you're paying off your house. Yeah, it's crazy. But well, it and you have hope to people, mm-hmm. you know, that because it can be done. But you know what it is? It's so many times we don't want to go through the work. We, don't, we hear the budget word is another B word, you know. <laughs> That's right. We, we run from it because it's like, no, I don't want to, I don't want to sacrifice. And I want instant gratification. So what would you, like, okay, how was it when you started, like, the budget? You know, it was not fun. I mean, I'm just going to confess. Me and my husband sat down, and we began to look at our bills and our lifestyle. And little things, like when you go and get gas and a family of four runs in to pick up a Coke and a candy bar, you know, you're just dropping a lot of money that you really don't realize that you're even spending uh, because it's more impulse. You're just going and doing it. And so Chris and I began in the first, I'm telling you guys out there, the first three months of doing a budget, it was horrible. We were running out of money. We couldn't figure it out. Uh, first month was bad. We, we had a lot of emergency financial committee meetings between me and my husband trying to figure out how we make this happen. But by the time we got to the third month, you know, we were really seeing what things that we could cut back on and decided together to cut back on so that I could stay at Dave's office. And wow. not only was I able to stay here and, and work for this, this company and this, this crusade, you know, we were able to pay off all that debt, too. 
and it was just it was just really incredible. But uh, for a short period of time, uh, Dave definitely doesn't teach or preach, you know, to live in a cave and, and not have a life, not go on vacations, not uh, have fun times with your family, or, or even buy good things that you want to buy. But the main thing is don't let the good things or the vacations get you. You know, you know and that's such a key principle. And you know what? We're going to take a commercial break here in a few seconds because this is like flying by. And I want to keep talking about some of these principles so people know it can be done and you can come out thriving like what you're talking about, and there's always hope. So hold on to that thought, and we are going to come back with Debbie Lacurto from Financial Peace University with Dave Ramsey giving us some great tips. This is Girlfriended on Togginap. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on Girlfriended.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend it. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriended Radio right after these. Believe in your fairy tale to make your zing come true. I love it. Debbie Glickman and Deanna Cohen know it. Join these soul sisters on Togginet.com. Believe in your fairy tale to make your zing come true. Showcases two sides. One, to help entrepreneurs showcase their products and tell their story of their happily ever after. And two, to interview people who have realized their own fairy tale and doing something to benefit others. This show is here to help folks who have an idea and want to get it off the ground, as well as to inspire people to make the world a better place by doing something extraordinary or out of the box to help others. Both of these entrepreneurs have their own businesses and websites. With more information on their passions and successes, first for Debbie, FairytaleWishesInc.com. And for Deanna, TheNextBigZing.com. Believe in your fairy tale to make your zing come true. With the Soul Sisters, Debbie Glickman and Deanna Cohen on Toginet.com. Booyah! That's the word uttered when you know you have the upper hand. Or you're the winner. Well, now, we have the Booyah Radio Hour with Martin Brassi. Tuesdays at 9, 8 central on Toginet.com. Martin's show is all about helping speakers and authors find their niche, create their brand, and achieve massive success. Each week, Martin will interview guests from around the world who have achieved tremendous success as speakers and authors. You'll find out who they are, what they do, and how you can follow in their footsteps to achieve incredible results. Guests will come from around the world of business, entertainment, finance, the arts, and sciences. Nothing is off topic. No subject too taboo. We'll share valuable information as well as huge laughs as we discover the ups and downs of being a successful speaker and author. The Booyah Radio Hour with Martin Pressy. Tuesdays at 9, 8 central on togedad.com. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio, a chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. Uh, we are 
continuing talking with Debbie Lucurdo, who is the Vice President of Financial Peace University with Dave Ramsey, and she's been sharing her personal story and kind of talking about the other B word, which is budgeting, and how they were at one time living paycheck to paycheck and how within four years able to pay off their house. And so, Deb, you gave us some great principles and just the reality of what it, you know, it, it what can happen, and it's not always easy and fun, but Gosh, huge, uh, huge benefits when, when you could really do the work and buckle down. So I wanted you to continue talking about some of that and just how it is with you working with the organization and just how you've developed and just grown just as a person um, just working there. Right. Well, as we ended that segment, we were talking about it's okay to have good stuff. You know, yeah. And that you can't have stuff if you live on a budget. You just plan for it. And Dave lays out in his materials baby steps. And they're, they're called baby steps because this is discipline. It's hard to do. Uh, you, you think when you go on a diet, you're supposed to push away from the table and up from the floor, eat less, and exercise more, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that mm-hmm. sounds so simple. Everyone should be able to do that. But it's so hard. And so uh, that's how it is with your money. It's, it's really, really hard. So Dave has set out baby steps to help people work through the process. And the very first step is to get $1,000 in the bank as quickly as you can to set it aside for an emergency fund. Because right now we're living paycheck to paycheck and, and our credit cards are picking up the slack. But if you get that thousand, it puts a little room between uh, life. So when the transmission goes out, you don't have to look to Visa or MasterCard you know, to, to be your answer. And then the second step is to eliminate your debt. And a lot of people ask Dave, well, shouldn't you just attack the debt? And it's like, no, you can't do that first because every time there's an emergency, and we have them, you know, all the time in our lives, uh, then you'll be going back and using that credit card. And so that's just two practical steps. Put $1,000 in the bank and earmark it as emergency fund and then start attacking your debt, making the minimum payments and putting everything extra that you can towards that debt. And so practical terms to get you up and going, steps to get going. Okay, I love that. Well, you know what, as you've, so many times when we uh, apply certain steps in one area of our life, disciplines, it really applies to other areas of our lives. And so even as we're talking, you know, specifically about financial disciplines, it also applies in just making wise choices and just leading your life well and leading that you can lead better and just professionally too. Can you kind of address what it's been like? I know because you're, you're a woman and, and you're working in a kind of a male-dominated environment. Can you kind of explain what, that, what that's like? Sure. Uh, Dave is a teacher at heart, which is great for us because the way he communicates how he wants to lead his company has been through teaching us. So he has a class called Entree Leadership, and it started this class that he now teaches to public small business leaders across this nation. As a matter of fact, he has a book coming out in October called Entree Leadership is what he taught our team. When I came here almost 12 years ago now, he began one day a week teaching us what he feels about his company, how he wants it run, because he wants it run on on godly biblical principles. And he would teach us a different thing every week. And so uh, two of the things that really stand out to me is we use the personality profile profile called the DISC. I don't know if you're aware of it, but it kind of identifies if you're a dominant person or an influencer or just kind of stable and amiable person or if you're the detail person. 
you know, compliant. Everything is about rules in your life. And once you begin to find out those four things, what, what type you are, you can communicate. It's incredible. Uh, a lot of times if you've ever been trying to, to lead a team and tell them something and you kind of have that look from one of your team members like a deer in the headlights, like I don't know what you mean, what you're talking about, mm-hmm. you know, you, you might think, well, uh, they think I'm not communicating well. But for them, they just needed more detail. And mm-hmm. so if, if they're that, that rules keeper, that, that detailed person, then as a leader, I immediately know I have to give them more detail. And so they've taught us things like that so that we just wouldn't railroad people and lead them by, by just our leadership style, but be sure to lean into their personality style so that they can actually hear us and accomplish the goal at task, the task in front of us. So that, that's kind of one of the things. The second thing would be that communication is key to everything mm-hmm. that we do. And when you're talking, you, you mentioned that I work with a, a lot of, of male leaders here. Our company does does have a lot of male leaders. And so how have I been able to walk into an office where there's a real dominant male leader and still have a voice? And what I've found is the more I know about that person's personality style, the better equipped I am to walk in and make a presentation or tell them, no, we're going to do it this way, you know, and here's why. Because if I know how they are, then I have the confidence to be able to walk in and do that. And, and so, that, is, oh, that is so important to understand because you really, we need to become students of other people and their personality because so many times we do communicate our own style and, and other people are not hearing it the way we, we are delivering it, our way we think we're delivering it. So I think this is such a powerful point to just realize when we are communicating, especially as women talking with men, because we can be a little bit more on the emotional side sometimes uh-huh. <laughs> uh, and a little more wordy, and right. they really want to cut to the chase. And the greatest thing for me is I haven't had to change who I am because I haven't had to become that dominant person because sometimes women who are overly dominant can get a bad rap out there, right? Uh, mm-hmm. I haven't had to change who I am. I've just had to communicate in a way where they can hear me. And, yeah. and it's just liberating to be able to walk in and still, I, I am that high eye influencer person. I want to win you over by talking to you. And if you're going into a meeting where someone doesn't like to talk a lot or they want to get straight to the point, then, then I need to be able to go in and do that and still maintain my personality and not have to talk as much and be clear and focused but still feel like I haven't been rude or overbearing. I love that is such a great point that you're making because I do think I think women sometimes overcompensate and that thing thinking I have to be very strong and domineering and almost rude to get my point across. And so I think I think that is I love what you're saying with that. It's like you can still be yourself but learning how to communicate more effectively and communication is such an important aspect of anything in our lives whether it's with our families or our friends and and just professionally learning how to effectively communicate where they're totally hearing the message we're wanting to communicate. Mm-hmm. And and I think too as as you begin to talk and learn different personalities you're going to be amazed as you see them open up more and be able to share more because they begin to trust you. This person really does care about me. There's an old saying that says people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. 
Mm-hmm. And, and as you lean into their personality, it shows that you really do care about them, that you want them to be able to understand and to communicate back and that you're listening. And, and that's an example of you really leading people well as you lean into their personality. I love that. Okay, one thing I want to talk about, because I know I've, I discovered this about you, and I love this, is because I think so many times as women, we think we can't lead or we can't do something because we don't have enough education or we don't have enough. We come up with the excuses of what we don't have, therefore we can't. And so can you just kind of share, because you don't have a degree in financial, you know, all these degrees. Can you just kind of tell just how that is applied? Right, yeah. I, I got married really early. And so I dropped out of college after two years, which I, you know, now at almost 50 years old, I hate that I I didn't finish my degree. But then I look back and I say, you know, God has really given me skills and abilities to still be able to lead. And although I would love to have that as just a milestone in my life, it's not been something that I've had to have to be successful in my life. Uh, I've really only had four jobs, which is kind of crazy because by my age, people have had uh, multiple uh, multiple jobs out there. But uh, I've worked at a dental office. I've worked at a church. I've worked in interior decorating. And, of course, now I'm at, at Dave's. And what I've found at, at each point, if I will uh, apply myself if I will think it through, if I will ask questions. So many times we get thrown into a job and we think, oh, I'm supposed to know all the answers, and if I don't, I can't do this job. But what I've found is, man, if I don't know the answer, find it. You know, call a friend, go to the Internet, ask your boss. You know, just find out how you can be better. And then reading is a, is a huge thing. You know, if you want to learn, you've got to read. And there are so many great books, books on leadership and books on uh, communication and all the, all the things that have to do with leadership that I've found, if, if I will read it, and I don't know about your people out there listening on the radio, but I read slow and I, I have to read it a couple of times to, to be sure it's planted in my brain. But if I'll do that and begin to apply those leadership principles, that's really how I've grown the most over the years. I love it because I, I agree with you. I learn the most through, through reading and through other authors. They're kind of my mentors. Can you give us a couple of books that have really um, impacted you? Absolutely. Um, the first 90 days, don't, don't ask me about authors because I don't always plant that in my brain, see. All but, right, I won't uh, ask. <laughs> but there's a book called The First 90 Days. And here recently, I, I'm over at Financial Peace University. We also bring the course to military installations across the country. And uh, about a year ago, we were hiring uh, a colonel to come in and work for us. And as a woman, I was a little intimidated. He's been in the military. He's gone to war. He's led... Uh, thousands of, of, of troops, and uh, I thought, you know, I want to lead him well. So I picked up the book called The First 90 Days, and it lays out what somebody else should do, not what I should do, but what, what your expectation should be on a new hire in their first 90 days. And as I read that, it really showed me how I needed to lead him, uh, even though he's a leader. I mean, he is strong, and he is powerful, and he has done a great service. He, he was in the military for 30, 33 years. Uh, but coming in, it put me on a different playing field because I had some knowledge that I didn't have prior to him coming. 
And so First 90 Days would be uh, one of the first books that I put out. And then a second one, I'm not exactly finished, I'm not completely finished reading it yet, but it's called The Age Curve. Uh, and what what a great book is is seeing how the baby boomers are retiring and this this next generation the X generation is there is really telling take a what break here. Okay. <laughs> This is Girlfriend it on Togginap. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on GirlfriendIt.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend It. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriend It Radio right after these. Thursday nights, get ready for the Read My Lips Tips for Success radio show with your host, Linnea Millette, at 11, 10 Central on Togginap.com. What are the Read My Lips Tips for Success? Well, it's spelled out like this. R. Realize it is possible. E. Embrace all relationships. A. Advance through adversity. D. Develop your significance. M. Manage your health and wealth. Y. Yield to your natural abilities. L. Listen to your heart. I. Invest in yourself. P. Persist by taking small steps. And S. Serve others. Each week on the show, you'll find a safe haven whereby tips, insights, and strategies are shared by Linnea and her guests. Go to Linnea's website, readmylipstips.com. Then join us Thursday nights at 11, 10 p.m. Central for the Read My Lips Tips for Success radio show with your host, Linnea Millette. On toginet.com. This is a no-brainer. This is about saving money. It's extreme couponing in an everyday world. And it's on Toginet Fridays at 11 a.m. Eastern, noon Central, with your hosts, Joni Deemer and Heather Wheeler. These crazy coupon ladies have been seen on TLC, The Today Show, Reader's Digest, In Touch, and so much more. Check out their website, the crazy spelled with a K, couponlady.com. Then join Heather Wheeler and Joni Deemer as these crazy coupon ladies show you how to find coupons and stack them for huge savings. How to make passers-by gape at your cart full of groceries you purchased for 75% off retail. Extreme Couponing will give you the confidence to strut down the aisles and flaunt your coupons and maybe even wear high heels to the grocery store. It's Extreme Couponing in an everyday world with your hosts, Joni Deemer and Heather Wheeler. Every Friday at 11 a.m. Eastern and 12 noon Central on toginet.com. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio. A chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. Hey, we are back talking with Debbie LaCurdo. And Debbie, when we last left you, you were giving us a couple of great books on leadership that you recommend. And one was the, the last one you were talking about was The Age Game. Is that the correct? Age Curve. Age curve. The All age right. curve, yes. And, and it really lays out uh, how the different age groups, from the baby boomers to the X generation to the Y generation, like what they're going through, what they're thinking, what's happening in their lives. And you could see me bringing a course to people. I need to know what's happening in their lives. And so it's been a great book for me uh, to really figure out 
where the baby boomer's heart is and, and mind is and where this X generation's mind is because they're there. They're leaders right now, and we need to be able to effectively continue to communicate all through the age group. So that's, that's a new one. And then, of course, John Maxwell's 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership. Yeah. Uh, I go back to that one all the time. And one of his principles is the law of the lid, which means if your leader's lid is not continuing to grow and expand, then you are the limiting factor of your business. You know, you are the limiting factor of your family. If you don't grow, if, if you've got small kids right now and you're not reading books about how to raise them uh, in a biblical home, man, you're missing the curve. Uh, Meg Meeker's book like um, Letting Boys Be Boys, uh, that's not the exact title of hers, and, but, but she's got a, a book about letting boys be boys, and it's just incredible. And so wherever you are in life, Finding books, biblically-based books that, that you can read that really tell you what to do and how to do things in a godly manner are just powerful. I love that, and I so I so agree with you because I think we always need to become students. And so many times, um, I think as, as adults and, and sometimes even as women, we let the busyness of life allow us to kind of go stagnant a little bit, and uh, we, we forget that we, we need to really be lifelong learners and students. And so I love that, and I love that you're giving us some great books that I am going to go out and download and, and I'm going to read. Um, I, I have Lauren sitting here with me who um, she's just been sitting here eavesdropping on us and being so rude about it. But <laughs> And um, I just want her to, because I know she has a couple of, of questions she want to ask you because she has gone through, you know, has a story and just a mom of, of four young children, six and under, so she's very busy. Wow. Um, and yet Lauren is a strong leader, and um, I love that about her cause, and just trying to balance that. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let Lauren kind of talk a little bit here and, uh, and go for it. Hi, Debbie. Hi, Lauren. Good to talk to you. It's good to talk to you. Hey, I was just, as I was listening, I just started thinking about, and I would love to hear you talk more about how as a leader and obviously in a high power position, you know, very busy, very demanding, how does that affect and how, how does that, um, how do you lead in your family as you're leading, you know, be a mom at home while you're also uh, out busy working uh, full time? Right. That's always the challenge, isn't it? Uh, we overcommit. Zig Ziglar talks about having your life like a wheel, where you have your work life and your family life, a social life and a financial life. He's got all these different spokes in his wheel. And he talks about when you roll down uh, the highway of life, you know, sometimes you can have a flat tire in one of those spokes. And I think for a businesswoman, family is one that we feel the most shame and regret about. Uh, that we don't spend enough time. And what I've, what I've had to do, and I'll, I'll confess I'm not great at it, but what, what I have to do is I have to actually put on our calendar, you know, family time and, and be sure that it's booked in. And that may sound like, well, you're just treating it like another business. No, it's a part of my life. And just like I have to budget my finance, my money, I have to budget my time. And, and if I'm not careful, I'll budget it all in one category, like work. And so I have to be sure that my husband and I are dating <laughs> because after <laughs> after being married for so long, you forget to date. Oh, oh I know you. I see you. Oh, yeah, we're having dinner. We're, we're uh, going out on Sunday after church and having lunch. But but you forget to, to go to a movie together, to, to go eat dinner and talk, or, or take a God weekend where the two of you do a life plan and plan out your next five years. 
And so Chris and I have really tried to take some of those principles and and apply those so that we don't have a flat tire all the time. So if I had one suggestion, I would be for a busy, uh, even, even if you're leading the household, you know, and you have a husband that works full-time in the workplace, I would say schedule that time. Mm-hmm. Don't miss out. Yeah. Well, you know what, and I, I think it is hard for women because we juggle, and, and I think as women, we feel guilty a lot. We take on guilt because we're not giving enough here or doing enough, and it's never enough. And so I think it's good to – I think we almost need permission from other women to go, it's okay. It's okay to still be who you are and lead and and uh, exercise some of the giftedness that God's given you and still be um, just a nurturing, wonderful mother. You can do it's finding, it's finding, you know, applying some principles and some disciplines. Right, absolutely. My, my girls are grown now. They're 25 and 27, but uh, all through, I've worked all through their childhood. And the, the one thing that I would say to mothers is uh, there is no greater joy than to know your children walk in truth. And that's scripture. Right. And mm-hmm. so at the end of the day, if you have loved them well and they know Christ, then, man, you you are doing a great job. If you're leading them and showing them Christ in your life every day, bringing them to work with you, I did that tons of times. You know, they, they were right here with me. And, of course, when I was at church, I did I was youth minister, and I was able to bring them along, even though they weren't youth yet. And they just became a part of that group, and it was incredible how – uh, how much they learned and how much they remember even now as they're adults looking back and, and watching other young people accept Christ. You know, so just be sure that, that with your children you're leading them toward Christ in a way that, that they're going to remember, and that's yeah. the most important thing. And, and no, I think that's a great, that's great wisdom, uh, especially as a mom of four young ones myself. Um, and, and topic hopping a little bit, something you said a little bit earlier as you were talking about your budget and early on when you started the budget and tackling the budget. Um, I was just curious as, as someone who, cause in our house, I, I'm staying at home right now and my husband's the, the breadwinner. Uh-huh. Um, I actually manage our finances. And so I was just curious what from your vantage point is something that, cause I know it takes a few months to get the budget rolling and get and get going. Um, are there ever things that just sort of sneak up and trip you up? Because I, I, the thing that I tell people that are starting out all the time is um, I'm not perfect at it, and I'm still a student of it, and I, I, you know, we make mistakes. But I was just curious from your vantage point: are there, you know, any obstacles or things that you, you you've seen over the past few years of you know cruising along on a budget of just things that if you let it slide, you're, you'll trip up and. Um, you know, I know credit card debt, if you don't have credit cards, that can't be one. But uh, anywho, I just I was just curious if that was something, uh, right. if you had any wisdom to share on that. Uh, well, you know, Dave suggests using an envelope system, which is just picking a category like groceries, gas, entertainment, and you've decided how much you're going to spend that month, so you put actual cash in right. those envelopes, and you get doing that. And so Chris and I will be very, very disciplined to he'll cash the check at the bank and he'll bring me the cash and and I'll put it in the envelopes. And as long as I'm doing that, then we stay on budget in those categories. Uh If if we start, if if he misses going to the bank and we just start using our debit card, 
Yes. We overspend every time. <laughs> uh, it's crazy. We'll we'll look back and and he'll say, "What's happened here?" And I said, "You didn't." And of course, you know, I always blame him. You didn't give me the cash. And he's like, "Oh, Debbie, you got you've got to know though. We know what our budget is." And so that's that's a big thing that trips us up is when we are not disciplined to yeah. to to use that little. I mean, it's it's silly. You can even make make one at home. Just get envelopes. You don't have to have the fancy one that comes with our course. But um, it it really is good to have your categories and know how much you're going to spend because you can really bust your budget, you know, eating out or entertainment or just like the quick pickup. I can run to – we have a Walgreens in our area. I don't know what your drugstore is called in your area, but uh, I can run by the drugstore and spend $100. Oh, wow. Because yeah. they have great stuff in there, you know, that I want, like like the, the big bottle of Jergens lotion, right? <laughs> and so uh, it really is a budget buster. And then another big thing that, that trips us up is when we don't think about um, quick vacation trips. Like we usually plan for the big ones, but yeah. sometimes a weekend or like you get a wedding invitation and you have to travel and and I forget to put that extra gas money or that flight into our budget. And so things like that, you have to really be living your budget according to your life and look down the pike, what's coming up in three weeks, four weeks, six weeks, so that you can plan and prepare. Yeah, no, I so empathize with what you said because we've had occasions where I don't pull the cash out and I, my <laughs> husband goes and spends what he thinks is there and then I go and spend what I think is there and then voila, we're over budget. And uh, so, yeah. And uh, something else uh, I've caught wind on on the Internet, um, just playing around on Facebook, is the great recovery um, that's coming up. Can you talk a little more about that? Right. We have just, you know, for the past two years, our nation has been walking through an economic mess. And if we listen to the media all the time, it's not getting any better. And we're waiting, we're kind of waiting for something to happen. We're waiting for the real estate market to come back, or we're waiting for government to fix us, right, and come up with a plan. And and Dave is just, our organization is doing a call out to a grassroots movement we're calling the Great Recovery. We've been through the Great Recession. We need the Great Recovery. And it's it's really a, a plan for us to stand up, one family, one church, with our faith, to lead this nation out of this economic mess. We have all the tools. God has put in his word all the tools that we need. Most of America right now, and I'm not talking about everybody because I know folks are are out of work and and they're upside down in their house because of this. So I'm not saying it's going to be easy and I'm not saying that it's a quick fix. But what I'm saying is if little by little we will start taking baby steps of applying God's word in our life in a radical way, we will come out of this economic mess as a nation. And and Dave, on July 21st, we're going to have a free event. It's going to be a live streaming event starting at 7 o'clock uh, Central Daylight Time. Who knew we even had Central Daylight Time? Uh, but CDD, CDT, and he is going to be um, – on, on the internet with this broadcast for about 45 minutes talking to church leaders and uh, lay leaders of the church, women leaders of the church, and just calling and laying out a plan for them to help do that. So join us for the great recovery. And you know what? You can find more about Debbie on our website at Girlfriended. Thanks, Deb.
This is Girlfriended on Togginap. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on Girlfriended.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend it. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriend it Radio right after these. Hello everybody, this is Pete Dix asking if you'll join me on Beatles and Beyond on this radio station. What a show I've got in store for you. Not only all the Apple reissues that I'll be looking at, some very rare tracks indeed, a report on my evening watching and listening to Neil Innes of the Ruttles and the Bonzo Dog Doodah Band. So please join me, Pete Dix, with Beatles and Beyond on this radio station. Join us for Self-Aid Success Stories with Helen Wu. Wednesday nights at 10, 9 central on toginet.com. Helen Wu was born and raised in San Francisco's Chinatown. And after a very difficult upbringing, fighting depression, abuse, and addictions, she finally finds herself genuinely happy inside and out. Helen believes in taking our positive thinking and doing something positive to achieve a positive outcome. She's here to make a positive difference in your life, to be your game changer, your aha moment mentor. She's ready to help both men and women get into a better place. Helen Wu is also the author of Self-Aid Success Stories, 25 Success Stories from Successful Entrepreneurs. Inspired by Ellen DeGeneres, Helen wants the world to know that just because we find ourselves in a difficult situation doesn't mean we have to stay there. We can aid ourselves to a better life. So join us for Self-Aid Success Stories with Helen Wu. Wednesday nights at 10, 9 central on DougieNet.com. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio, a chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. For joining us today, we have been having just a great time talking with Debbie LaCurdle from Dave Ramsey just about um, financial disciplines and financial peace and financial hope, as well as some dynamic leadership principles that we can all apply to our own lives, especially as women, and uh, and just kind of leading our own lives and uh, personally and professionally. And I've had my uh, a guest Lauren sitting with me, and now we're, we're going to introduce Tina Drake to you. And Tina is a is a girlfriend who has applied these same principles that we've been talking about, that Debbie's been talking about and to her life. And so I kind of wanted Tina and Lauren to, to kind of talk and share their stories because so many of us, we, we look at this and it can be daunting and overwhelming and just looking at some of life and how do I manage and how do I lead. And, and it's, I think it's so good to know you're not alone. And I know that even as our church, we incorporated this financial piece and we had over 2,000 families go through this and it is working and it's making a difference just in, even in our church and in, in our communities and in our families. And so I just wanted a couple of you girlfriends just to kind of share just how this is impacting you and just even comment a little bit because Debbie said a lot of stuff to really dissect and go through. But Tina, welcome to Girlfriend It. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Well, it's good to have you here. And I know you have applied some of these principles. Can you briefly kind of share a little bit about your story with the budgeting and just kind of your background a little bit? Sure, I would love to. Um, last fall, my husband and I took the FPU class um, through our church. We were one of those 2,000 families. And, um, you know, we had never really had a whole lot of 
difficulty with finances. My husband's really, really good at, at um, managing budgets and, and setting them out for us and everything. And uh, even 14 years ago when we went from a two-income family to a one-income family um, so that I could stay home with the kids and all, we had all kind of managed everything pretty well. And then um, about four years ago or so, um, four or five years ago, we um, decided that we wanted to build another home. And so we started preparing ourselves by trying to uh, sell the home that we were in and try to lay everything out and plan it out. And uh, just in the market that we live in, the uh, housing market just crashed, you know, right in the middle of everything. And so we really couldn't change our plan. We had to kind of continue forward. And because of that, um, we incurred a lot of debt that we um, hadn't really ever had before. And um, so we thought, you know, if we took the FPU class, maybe we could um, get some great tips from what Dave Ramsey had to say and try to apply them to our lives. And we did that. We started working on a cash-only basis for, um, you know, a numerous amount of our uh, our budget, our family budgets and all of that. Um, went on a very, very short leash for a lot of things. And within nine to ten months, we um, – got out from under that debt uh, that we had incurred from building those homes. Now, you know, and we, we still are having to deal with the house payment itself, actually, three house payments. <laughs> but um, we, but all the other debt that had been incurred, we got out from under it. And it was just such a huge relief. Um, but going through that process, we had to go on the cash-only system. And that was a real scary thing for me because I was so used to just popping down a Visa card or an American Express card or something like that and uh, just kind of flipping in and out of the lines of the checkout counter. And, uh, you know, at first it was really embarrassing. I really felt uncomfortable. I thought everybody standing behind me in line was uh, staring at me and laughing at me. I mean, it was almost like you I would have been, just kids. so you know. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. You would have been. Yeah. Well, you know, if you can still watch me after a year fumbling trying to count my dollars, you know. But it kind of like the new kid on the block, you know, the one that everybody laughs at. Um, <laughs> So it was really, really hard. But now I've really learned that these principles are awesome. Um, I, I think that through that, I thought that I was finding my identity through my credit card and what I was carrying home in the bag. And uh, now I'm really finding my identity in the fact that when I carry a bag out of a store, whether it's full of peanut butter or if it's got a really cool shirt in it or something from a store, um, it's all paid for, you know? Mm-hmm. At the end of the month, I don't have to worry about it. Um, I can enjoy it. It's a lot more fun. Yeah. So that, that's kind of been our experience with it. Yeah, and I know I, the statistic, this is Lauren, by the way. Hi, Tina. Um, the, Hi, Lauren. The uh, statistic, I can't remember exactly, but I know it's proven, even as Debbie referenced a little bit ago, when you use plastic versus using cash, you always spend more. And it's something like 23 to 27%, somewhere in there, that you will overspend okay. versus just spending cash. And um, and that's something that I know we find is at Christmas time if we don't pull the money out because it's easy, you know when we're doing shopping for family and shipping you know because family's not in town we that's one of the areas that I've struggled is uh, you know we we'll keep the stuff in the bank account keep the money in the bank account but then with the debit card just the tendency to to spend more and more and uh, that's where when I'm in the grocery store and I'm you know fumbling between because I'm a dollar short in a in an envelope and fumbling back and forth I just you know I just laugh and. I know, you know, I'll tell the even the cashier that I can't spend more than I have, and if I don't have it, I'll put something back. And I've, I've actually come to find pride in that um, because I know that, you know, the, the, as the Bible says, you know, if we're in debt, we're slave to the lender, and I don't want to be in debt. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I, you know, 
that's something for me, just focusing more on, on scriptures and um, my identity, which has been hard, but just identity and who God's calling us to be, that I don't have any regret in that. And, uh, you know, I'll find joy in knowing when I, when we're, as I was joking with Debbie, if I, you know, as long as we have the cash and we're not trying to mess up our system by doing it a different way, um, you know, find joy in the fact that we're staying on budget and we're spending only what we've budgeted to spend. And um, when emergencies come up and cell phones break unexpectedly or car batteries die on a weekend when you're not expecting it, um, that you do have the money in your emergency fund because you haven't overspent uh, money that needs to be there. Exactly. Well, and I like... I'm going to give a saying that I'm going to probably butcher, too, because I can't, you know, I'm really good at misquoting quotes, but it's when you do what others don't, yes, you can do what others can't. So it's like, you know, and and so many times, like, the popular consensus, and, like, even when we saw in the Economic Times a couple, a few years ago, and people were going crazy buying stuff and, you know, and, and taking out a second mortgage and buying toys and stuff, and it's like, you know, sometimes it's like you, you can't do all those things. And so when you do some things that others are not doing, then you're, you know, you're, you're planning ahead a little bit too, you know, and I right. think some good principles that we, we want so much the instant gratification. So we see something we wanted. And this is such a good discipline to go, you know what? I need to really plan for it. And then one thing that I, I tend to think about is I, I make myself wait and see if, the next day, if it's still, I'm thinking about it, if I really needed exactly. it that bad. And a lot of times, I don't even think about it again. So it just confirms I didn't really need it, you know, because yeah. sometimes see that impulse buying and just like, okay, wait and see if it's, I'm still thinking about it. And that's kind of a good measuring guide for me on yeah. spending. Well, yeah, and I learned... And for us, I mean, one of the biggest hurdles we've gone to since we did plastectomies a few years ago. Um, <laughs> I love that word. A couple of years ago, we were blessed to be on the different side of the housing market and decided that if we wanted to buy a larger house for our growing family, now would be the time. And so um, as we went into that process, we quickly discovered my husband had no FICO. And our lender was not happy, and he, he's a Christian and believer, and he's a great man who works really hard to, for it all to happen and close on our, our house. But, um, you know, had it not been for the discipline of, of making sure we didn't have the debt and that we had a positive track record, um, you know, it, it's yeah. definitely the rewards come in. Um, we, we were able to buy the house. It, it, I'm not going to lie. It was scary. It was, uh, you know, a little more stressed than, than being able to plug in a system and say, okay, here's your FICO. Um, but, you know, they could manually underwrite, and we were able to buy the house. And um, just kind of the the full leaning into God of, of his promises and that if we're faithful with what's his. Um, and, you know, even something I was thinking about a little bit ago listening to Debbie, stewardship is kind of like a – church word that's kind of gotten old school and it's, uh, you know, what people think about it, but it's really the idea of everything we have is God's and um, all we are is to manage it and and be responsible for what's God's in the first place. And if if we honor God with every penny, be it in the grocery store, be it at Walgreens, be it at Walmart, you know, if we're spending what we, you know, what we know we're supposed to be spending and we're being faithful with what God's given us, um, it's really cool to look back and see that God has provided over and over and over again for our daily bread mm-hmm. and um, as he promises. Yeah. And that's, yeah. that's just a well, cool... I think one of the biggest things that we've also learned is um, we've pulled our kids into this. and uh, We got them on the commission program that Dave talks about in the FPU program. And um, our, our kids are 13 and 9, and uh, so when we started it, they were 8 and 12, and, you know, our, our 
daughter, who's a teenager, she was kind of starting to get the concept, I think, because she was old enough to understand when we would say, you know, guys, we can't go off and do that or we can't go off and buy that because the result would be this. You know, we wouldn't be able to do this, which is, you know, maybe something that we really wanted or needed to do. And our son, who's younger, he he really wasn't grabbing that concept. And he's still working on it, but he's getting so much better. But they're understanding because they have an envelope system. You know, they get they get their commission every week. Um, they understand. You know, there have been a couple of times that we've kind of been like, well, did you do your job? And all of that understand that that everything just isn't going to be given to them anymore and that life isn't going to be like that because, you know, once you get out in the real world, it's not just given to you. And they understand that, you know, they need to set aside money for God yeah, and to to thank him. They need to set aside money to save, and um, and then they get to have the fun stuff. And uh, it's really funny to watch him. You know, our son spends his spending envelope dry almost every week, and our daughter is saving, you know. And, and, and so, but you kind of expect that between their age differences and all. But, you know, they don't spend as much time asking. Our, our teenager doesn't spend any time. You know, a lot of times you would think at 13 and 14 and, and whatever, the kids would be like, I want, I want, I want. And you know what? She doesn't spend a whole lot of time doing that. She might express a place that she would like to go or something, but it's not a nagging kind of mm-hmm. thing. And it's just a great mutual understanding that we have where we can just kind of go on with life. And if we're in a store and she says, well, Mom, that's a really cute shirt. And I go, yeah, you know, if it's there next month, we'll come back and get it, you know, or, or whatever. So I, I really appreciate what Dave does in wanting and encouraging parents to teach their kids some responsibility about this, not just letting the parents go through it and agonize and the kids still think they're going to be fine when they grow up, you know? Yeah. And I think it's just, it's like you said, it's great to teach the next generation. So we're raising up the next generation a little bit wiser and not with the mentality that it's their right to things. And I think we saw that a lot. I know even when my kids, when they turned 16, so many of their friends, it was their right to get a new car. And it's like, no, I'm sorry. That's not going to happen. Um, but we just see a mentality, and I think some of this um, discipline, was, even with our economy, has been a good thing to kind of refocus us on priorities and to realize we were kind of getting out of control with excessive spending and wants. And we only have 30 seconds, so we're going to wind this down. And I just want to thank um, you, Tina and Lauren, and thank you, Debbie, for just joining the show today. And just, just great discussion on leadership and whether it's personally, financially, professionally, and just leading your children. And we're going to have some resources on the website. We're going to source the books that Debbie talked about on leadership and uh, website links. So check us out at girlfriended.com and have a great week. Thank you for being a part of this special program, Girlfriend It, the show dedicated to the most important woman you know, yourself. It's the show.